Hello, hello, small business growth family. How are you doing today? Welcome to another episode of the No Fluff, most conversational business podcast out there, where we have raw and real and genuine conversations, sharing tactical business growth advice, entrepreneurship lifestyle tips, mindset blocks, and so much more. I'm your host, Madison Page, and I am a business growth specialist helping you learn how to stand out and sell out on social media by building a ride-or-die obsessed online community around your brand. If you are new here, I just want to take a second and welcome you. Hello. I am so happy that you found us and that you have joined our little nook of the internet. Make sure that you follow the podcast. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. We have so much fun around here. We're just about to hit 75,000 listeners. And when I tell you that this community is the best around, you just wait. You just wait, girlfriend. I'm so happy that you are here. Whether you are driving around, maybe we're in your passenger seat, maybe you're getting ready in the morning, maybe you're making, maybe you're working, you're in whatever it may be. I am so happy you're here. Today, we are bringing you a really special episode with the Mandy Emerson from the Fierce Social Society. When I tell you this episode is so much fun, we truly had an absolute blast recording this. We became quite literally besties by the end, and who knew that we literally live 15 minutes from each other, which is so fun. We're going to go grab coffee, but if you don't know, Mandy is a social media strategist helping female entrepreneurs grow their business using social media. She, like many others, lost her job due to the pandemic. That May, she took the big leap of faith, invested in a coach, and a dream not fully realized of earning a full income using social media. She has since hosted Reels workshops, spoken at conferences and virtual summits, had multiple viral Reels, sold six figures her first year in business, and officially launched the Fierce Social Society. With over 185 members since opening in January of 2022, Mandy has a big heart and desire to serve other women in entrepreneurship to help them stand out in confidence that they are exactly where they are called to be. The Fierce Social Society was founded in January 2022. Its purpose is to help small business owners and entrepreneurs grow and scale their business efficiently and effectively using Instagram and other social media platforms. We truly dove so deep into Instagram growth and social media and just had a really genuine business bestie kind of conversation around Instagram growth and all of the things. It's a little longer than my usual episode because we didn't want to stop chatting. So stay tuned, listen to this episode with the Mandy Emerson from the Fear Social Society and make sure that you check her out as well. Hey, Mandy, thanks so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Yes, you're so welcome. So give everybody kind of the rundown to start. Who are you? What do you do? What do you specialize in? Just so people kind of know. All the things. Okay, yes. So my name is Mandy Emerson. I'm an Instagram coach and strategist. Uh, I primarily have a concentration in in content creation for businesses because it's not cookie cutter. Strategy is not a cookie cutter thing. It's not a one size fits all. So that's really where my zone of genius lies. Um, I like to say that I traded a musical stage for a digital one because I grew up as a singer. I did cruise ship. 
um, singing for about four and a half years. Before that, I was in musical theater and I actually got my degree in fine art. So I have literally no formal background in <laughs> marketing or social media. So it's kind of, that's why I say like I traded a, a musical one for a digital, digital one. Um, and I started my business, which I don't think I fully realized it was a business <laughs> until it like became a business uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So um, gosh, it's so wild to think that that was three years ago, like this yeah. month. Why, like we're in the days if it was 2020, yeah, when people we were like, like starting to like whisper about it. Yeah. Hoarding toilet paper. <laughs> I know. I remember. Oh my God. I remember calling my husband and being like, so like, I'm not freaking out first of all, <laughs> but like a little, <laughs> but should I, should I go, should I go get anything from the, <laughs> he's like, just go get the things that we need. Like no oh, need to get crazy. And I remember seeing people coming out with like water bot, like cases of water, the toilet paper. And I was like, what's happening? I'm going to get one case of, I'm just one, I'm not going to be that person, but <laughs> like, I'm not trying to give into fear, but right. oh my gosh, to, to know what we were in for it. Anyways. I so I took that opportunity because I had lost my position with the, the company that I was with. I took that opportunity to just dive headfirst into social media. Again, not really fully realizing what it was going to turn into, um, brought on my first couple clients in August of that year. Reels came on the scene that really kind of blew me up pretty fast because I was already in um, video content creation with my past life in as being a beauty YouTuber. That's like another podcast for another day because I don't know who I was trying to be a beauty blogger and YouTuber. <laughs> I think everybody was like a short little stint of trying, <laughs> trying to be a blogger. I just fell in love with the content creation aspect and I, I love makeup, but I'm not like some crazy makeup artist by any means. Yeah. I, I loved the world of makeup. I loved cosmetics. So that's actually a company that I was working for when the pandemic happened. So all that to say about three years, fast forward, I now have a full-on company, the Fear Social Society with a few programs, one of them being my signature showing how to use social media effectively to grow and scale your business yeah. um, without the overwhelm. So love it. That's, that's about it. That's so funny because I started my social media journey as a blogger, but mine was like sustainability, outdoor travel, kind of things like that. Yeah. And I fell in love with the community, the social media, more of like the yeah. growth project than it was actually the blogging. I was like, I could do this for anything. And it's funny that we had similar, similar stories there. Yeah. Um, and so you like, you really grew really quickly starting in just 2020 and like, yeah. clearly your stuff works. Well, give us kind of the rundown without the overwhelm. How do you yeah. put out content like that? Let's just kind of like a brief overview and then we'll kind of dive into your little pillars there. Yeah, for sure. So I, I always like to be super transparent in the very beginning of reels because there was such low inventory. Like there wasn't a lot of content for Instagram to push out. It did not matter that August to yes. maybe that full year. It did not matter what I put out. It did well, no matter what. Yeah. And that is because people were not hopping on reels right away. I think they were kind of bitter that they were like, this is TikTok. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, but there is an advantage of hopping on a new feature, like yeah. being an early adopter for sure. Um, and I just loved doing it. It was so fun, but I was throwing, I was throwing things at the wall, like, it just weren't even in the same niche. Like it was, I love coffee. You know, I'm being silly and being goofy. I'm a performer yeah. at the heart of it. Like I just like to make people laugh. It did not matter what I put out. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, maybe I should probably have like a niche. Yeah. <laughs> like I should know if I want to make money at this. Um, and that's really where my pivot happened to 
speaking to the, I was actually speaking to like influencers and bloggers because that's the space that I came from. Like, how can you use this in a way that's going to benefit you in the long run, how you can create content. So that's really what I started stepping into is the content creation side of it. So now that we're nearly two and a half years into the start of reels, right? It's a lot more competitive. There's a lot more people on the scene. Like people are killing it in the reels game. So while that grew my account and my presence, the biggest thing that I definitely attest to my success is that community building. So even before Reels came on the scene, and I know that this is totally in your wheelhouse too, um, even before Reels came on the scene, my first 10,000 followers, it's like the ever coveted first 10,000, totally came from community building, talking to people, like getting in people's DMs and, and just having very real, honest, human conversations. Some of the times it wasn't even about business or my offers or anything like that. It was like, where'd you get that top? Where are the (laughs) earrings from? Like they're super cute. It was just cultivating community. And that's what I attest to my success today is people know who I am. They know what I'm about. They know what I stand for. They know my, my mission and, and my mannerisms. Like they know Moses, my dog, they were super invested. And this is like the most heartwarming thing is like super invested when I announced my pregnancy and I might've took people on a wild ride doing the gender reveal. I like split it up into three. Anyways, that was like mean. I didn't even think to do that, but I was like, Ooh, how can I like draw this out? Yeah. I know this is going to be heavily engaged. How can I? (laughs) So mad at me in the comments. They're like, Mandy, you suck. I'm like, I know I'm sorry, but it's too fun not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I only get a couple of these. I'm going to milk it. Okay. For all it's worth. Yeah. So the community has to be there, but when we're talking about like content creation for your business, yes, it's more competitive now, but it's not impossible. So I want to say that it's not impossible for you to grow organically. It's still very doable. Um, It's just having the right strategy for your business. That's like one of my biggest soapboxes, kind of like what I introduced with is it has to be the right strategy for your business, Mm -hmm. your business type, whether you're online or brick and mortar, your demographics, um, and even your goals for the year too. Like, what are you launching? What are you coming out with? Are you releasing a new collection every quarter or is it every month? Like, what does that look like? Your content should work in tandem with that. So that's why we say like, it cannot be cookie cutter. You cannot take what I'm doing or even what you're doing and just head to toe paste on somebody else. Like it's not, it's just not going to work. Totally. Yeah. And I, I totally agree there where, how do you like I guess, what do you feel like is the main differences between online brick and mortar product services with reels and Instagram and all of that? Yeah. I think where our product-based business owners get um, really stuck is they get so inundated with showing the the product itself Mm -hmm. and not showing either how it's made, how it can change my life or how it's changed the life of other people. Um, Even how you use it, right? Like we get so um, wrapped up in like these really pretty product photos and like snapping pictures of it, but like, cool. How is that going to make my under eyes look younger? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How is that going to make me look cute? Like, what is this going to do for me? Um, That's where I think product-based business owners can get really stuck. And then for my service providers, we're not showing enough of the transformations because we really heavily rely like, yes, a product, it's really easy to show like this works. This is how you apply it, Mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. But for uh, service providers, when we're providing that service and they have to do the work, like 
we are really reliant on our clients and their successes to then be able to push our businesses forward. Mm -hmm. So you need to be getting those referrals. You need to be getting those testimonials and those transformations as far as like, that's what this did for my business. And that's what it did for my customers type of thing. Um, that's where I feel like there's a big difference. Yes. We want testimonials from both, but they're in different, um, categories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, and my people that are listening, they're going to be like, Maddie, she's a paid actor. I promise, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but she's not, it's just like actually stopping worrying about the actual product itself and focusing on how it's going to make them feel, how they can use it, what it's going to benefit them, as well as from the services standpoint is like making a story through it where it's yeah. not just like, this is all, everything you need to do, the how to's, how it's going to like all of your how to's in your industry. It's like all yeah. people really want to know is the before and the after, which I think is kind of a, a constant there. in those things is like, what is this actually right. going to do for me? And how is that going to change? Right. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And from like an online versus brick and mortar, especially on reels, it's a question I get a lot is people are like on reels. If I'm in person, what if I grow an audience that's not local? Is that, is that worth it? Should I still be yeah. on reels? What's your viewpoint there? Oh, that's so good. If you're, if you're an online service provider, like it does not matter where you are, which is kind of the beauty of it. But if you are brick and mortar, like uh, take me into your, take me into your home. That's not what I'm trying to say. That was creepy. <laughs> no, take me into your shop. Like do one of my favorite things to see is kind of a, what can I expect when I come yeah. to your office, to your, mm-hmm. to your shop for the first time? Like what, what can I see for myself? Especially if it's an office type, if it's a, it's a, it's in the healthcare industry mm-hmm. type realm, like that's already fairly vulnerable Um, space to be in. So just easing that transition from being a new patient to, you know, an existing one, like show me what I can expect. Even if it's not even patient wise, like even if I'm going to get Botox for crying out loud, like just show me what that experience is going to look like. And there's some really fun, creative ways that you can do it. Like walking in the front door and it's, you know, going up to the receptionist and like the first person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take a seat. Somebody will be with you for a second and you can go over to their cool. Like it's such a great opportunity to show people what they can expect from you. Um, And then even collaborating with businesses that are around you, like you're in such a exclusive community of being a small business owner. Mm -hmm. If you're local, you better link arms with other business owners that are around you. Um, Maybe not somebody that's in, you know, your direct competitor, but even then, do, do you offer a service that they don't and vice versa? Like, how can you guys work together to, to bridge that gap? Or if it's like, you know, a coffee shop or bakery down the road, like how can we link arms to get exposure to each other's audiences? Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is like online people do that, but it can be any collaboration because it doesn't matter. It's like, you're keeping the same ideal customer, but in person, your same ideal customers are pretty much every business near around Mm -hmm. you because it's a little bit more local. I think that's a really good point. And I love the idea of like a day in the life of a client that's coming to see us and like esthetician hairstyles, even photographers, like anything that's in person that takes a little bit of a trust. It's a little bit of like authority of like, okay, if I don't know what I'm going to see, it's like a little bit more like a higher involvement, something it's like, if I don't see that and people are so like, it's almost like we have a barrier up until we know what to expect. Um, Mm -hmm. thousand percent. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So Instagram reels, they've changed a lot. Yeah. Um, 
the beginning, like you said, you could post anything. And I am, I like kick myself all the time. I had my family owns a business in Northern Wisconsin and I was, it's a seasonal business in August in of like literally 2020 August. You kidding me in the outdoor industry, we were swamped. Our business like tripled. It was, we were so busy and like blindly being like, I want to be making reels. Um, but I was so busy. I couldn't even think about it. And And, but, uh, now things are very different where it's a little bit harder. People are definitely still like blowing up from them, but it takes a little bit more strategy. What do you feel like is really important for businesses to really focus on with reels? Oh, that's so good. I would say the things that you really want to focus on now that there is more competition, there is more inventory when it comes to people putting out content, like there's just so much out there is First and foremost, don't be discouraged by the lower views, mostly because there has been a pivot with what's being pushed out there. Um, Adam Asori, who's the head of Instagram, actually recently announced that they feel like, I think I even have the quote up, uh, they feel like they overdid it as far as pushing reels out. Um, And it it kind of, it not kind of, it did turn a lot of people off. And Instagram is the OG of the photo sharing app. Like that's what sets Instagram apart from the other platforms. TikTok, especially like we are direct competition with TikTok all the time, but Instagram is a beast. I actually just released an episode about like Instagram dying. Like that could be further from the truth. Instagram is just so robust. It's much more mature, right? Like it's been around a lot longer. It doesn't have any of the, you know, security things for lack of a better word know, with TikTok right? going on. Like bring that up too. Yeah. Whoa. Side eye. So. <laughs> I'm just calling it like we see it. Like in, TikTok is just a young platform. And though it blew up, like it's still got some issues that Instagram doesn't have anymore. Yes. There's those glitches from time to time, but like, I'd rather deal with a text glitch than a security one. Am I right? Okay. So I'm yeah. just going to say that right now. <laughs> Follow, like We're just going to call it like it is. Um, but when it comes to the content you're making for your business, what you want to just focus on really keep the mindset positive. Come on. We're just going to pivot these lower numbers. It could just very well be that these are our new numbers, right? These are, this is the new normal and we just need to pivot. We need to roll with the punches. As I, was, I was actually just saying to another person, you either need to step up or you need to step out. Like there's no time to complain when we're trying to grow a business, in my opinion. Um, so let's just roll with the punches there. But let's just make sure too in your business that you are so crystal clear on your niche and your client, who you're talking to. So when you're creating content for them, you're not wasting any time. There's no fluff. It's getting right to the point. You're speaking to their pain point right away. You're hooking them right away instead of opening with, in this reel, I'm going to talk about like, you've already lost them. Goodbye. Like we know that you're watching reels. We know, we know that instead I want you to lead with three things to reduce distractions in your day right? Like give me the pain point. I'm suffering with distractions or time management. And then even, even after that, that's when you can give the, um, authoritative little spiel. Like I'm Andy Emerson and I'm a time management expert, right? That's just letting you know, I know what I'm talking about and what I'm going to share with you is going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can cut that out altogether and just get to the, the meat of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just get to the bones of it. Um, it's really just about keeping it short and sweet, 
Let's not overproduce it anymore. More authenticity, more behind the scenes. The easiest content you can make, and every single business owner should do this, is take behind the scenes. Like I could easily set up my phone as Madison and I are talking and just grab a little video clip of her and I recording yes, and then throw text up on the screen like the three things to reduce time management overwhelm or whatever it is. Even though the video is of you and I talking, it, it doesn't matter. They're not necessarily, they're not putting that connect that they're not seeing that connection or that disconnect. Mm-hmm. They're paying attention to what's on the screen. That is the easiest content you could literally make every single day by your daily activities behind the scenes in your business, pouring a cup of coffee, you know, walking the dog, whatever it may be. Um, but it really is just getting to the heart of it yeah. and being really crystal clear on who you're talking to. Yeah. And oh, I love all of that. And like you said, like that behind the scenes content, like everything, the amount of people, my clients that I talk to and they're like, Maddie, just like, how do I make that like uh, content? And I'm like, literally yeah. your whole life is content. Like just starting yes. something, like start taking some video yeah. of what you're doing, whether it's your design process, whether it's your social process, like whatever it is, start recording it. And even if you're creating products, if you're a service, I think probably more so even for services and your products are similar, you can still making it, packaging it, whatever, and having, it's more of what the messaging is in the video than what the video actually is itself of that, what you're trying to get across. Yeah. Documenting over creating is like the new thing. Mm -hmm. Document, don't create. Like, yes, the creation can be in there, especially if you enjoy content creation. Like I really enjoy it, but if it's like one of those things, that's like the bane of your existence, like, okay, then let's just make it really simple and easy. It can be just as effective. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's such a good point. And something that I have been really hearing about a lot, I've had a couple of clients that come in and they like went absolutely viral back in yeah. 2020, 2021. And now they have this like crazy, huge audience, but it's not aligned to who they are. Mm. And so kind of speaking on the virality element of it, of like Uh, not even really wanting to go like quote unquote viral, because yes, you might gain followers, but it's not going, they might not be your people. And that's why I think a lot of times people get so hung up in the numbers, but if you're gaining five, 10, 15 followers that Mm. are aligned to the content you're putting out there, every reel you put out way better than you putting one reel out growing a thousand followers in a week and literally 900 of them, not even, not even caring about what you have to sell. Totally. I had, um, a really good friend of mine who posted a reel. She's in more of the makeup, um, tutorial industry and she put up a reel and it was of her son on like a motorbike and her husband was behind him and the son like accelerated super fast and like shot into the bushes and her husband like ran after. It was the funniest thing ever. It like went viral so dang fast, but it was bringing in all of um, the motocross. Yeah. Like it was bringing in all the wrong people. And she's like, uh, no, like she skyrocketed like 15,000 followers. I'm not even joking. Like wild. And she, she came to me and she's like, what do I do that with this? I'm like, honestly, I would, I would probably archive it. Like it's not bringing in the right people and you're just going to acquire a whole bunch of the wrong audience. And then it's going to, it could affect your engagement because then it's going out to the wrong people. So she did archive it. Um, and she's kind of seen a not necessarily stagnant growth, but she is seeing a drop. I myself have actually seen quite a drop in the last, uh, probably month or so. I lost a good, like 2,500 people, 
Um, and it was like, I was losing a couple hundred every single day. And I was like, what is happening? But oh, I had, I had another, I had a reel where I was just, um, it was just me talking in my car. So it was still on, it was still on niche. Like it was still on par. Um, but again, it was bringing in a lot of the male gender from a completely different com- uh, country. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but no. I know they're never going to buy my product. Mm-hmm. So it actually blew up um, in India. So a lot of the women were using it in their reels, which I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. But then like all of a sudden all these men were coming I'm like, uh, no, wait, hold on. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I know you're not interested in social media marketing for female entrepreneurs. Like you're not my <laughs> ideal audience. Um, and that's where I feel like that's where my drop off has happened is all those guys are like, uh, I'm out of here. And I'm like, yeah, you should have been gone. Like, I don't know. Why, why are you here anyway? Why don't you stick around this long, dude? Yeah. Like get out of here. But yeah, that can be the, the whole virality thing is, is such a double-edged sword because a lot of times people's content will go viral for the wrong reasons. Like it's not even anything that's remotely related to your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can be, um, it can actually be detrimental. There is this, um, again, makeup. I'm always like going back to makeup because I <laughs> really just have this, like, I'm going to make a makeup yeah. brand someday. Um, no, this makeup company and they're like, so on point, they create makeup products for redheads specifically. Oh, so good. Right. So good. And redheads are like, even if they're only 5% of the world, that's still in like I the like that's still very high yeah. people, still a right? Of there's, people. there's a lot of redheads that need makeup. Okay. Yeah. That's just speaking to females, right? That's not even speaking to the male redheads of the world. That's just speaking to females and they have a makeup line just for them. And they took off on TikTok, and they had to like stop taking orders because they were so inundated with customers that they weren't able to fulfill because yes. they didn't have the resources to keep up with the, the, product demand. demand. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like we think about virality as this like really cool coveted thing. In actuality, you might have all of your ducks in a row and you're like ready to bring it on. But then when it push comes to shove and people, everybody wants like the perfect red lipstick for redheads and you are sold out and you are yeah. not in a place to fulfill it for another month or so, it's, it could potentially kill your business. It's, yeah. I've had I, I don't want to go that far, but yeah, I know I've had clients and maybe not even kill your business, but it kills your social to the totally. point where you, it looks like you have this like huge business because you have whatever, a hundred thousand followers, right. but you might not be making sales because, and something that I see really often is business owners that focus too much on talking about being a small business owner, that yeah. they almost just attract other small business owners that are making exactly what they're making as totally. opposed to actual customers. And yeah. so they speak too much on like how to make your, how to make polymer clay earrings, how to make candles, how to do all yeah. of this stuff. And right. as opposed to people that would want to buy their product, that they right. attract yes. the wrong audience or like artists, artists that are talking about, um, how to improve your technique as an artist or something like that. And then all of a sudden they're attracting the artists that are just making what you're doing and right. it goes viral to somebody that way. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. How do you, okay. So we have reels, like really showing the behind the scenes, documenting, documenting, not creating. I think that's yeah. such a great like mentality to have around it. What other ways, what other things like community, whatever set up on your social media. Do you really yeah. feel like our really solid Instagram growth strategies? Yeah. The community part of it is I, the first thing that comes to mind is the call to action that you have in all of your content. Um, 
needs to vary. It, it needs to um, have a variety of different things. It can't always just be selling. Sometimes a good old tag a friend that needs to hear this or comment emoji if you relate or um, have you ever had this experience? Um, I recently, <laughs> I just put up a real pregnancy is wild. First of all, for all of my <laughs> pregnant, pregnant people or previously pregnant, um, it's wild. And I have learned quite some interesting things, especially those um, in the realm of uh, bold comments that other women will make. <laughs> oh, I saw you real. That was like comments make about a pregnant body. Don't. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's totally it. Um, but I have a whole series. I'm going to call it the pregnancy chronicles. It's It's got to be something catchier than that, but that's what we're going with. And I'm kind of addressing some of the things that I'm like, why do people do this? Or like, why is this the thing? And this is so wild. So, so some of it's going to be like a little bit controversial, but other things it's going to be like, this is just weird. Did anybody else know that this happens when you're pregnant? <laughs> but yeah, one of the things is um, a lot of pregnant women or previously pregnant just feel this sense of, um, entitlement when it comes to making comments on other women's bodies, especially when they're pregnant. And I know that they mean well in a, in a way of, um, like, I know what you're going through. I know how that feels type of thing, but sometimes it just comes off so bad. Like one gal in my, in my DMS, man, she was like relentless. She's like, you're having a girl. I know it. And I was like, Oh, what makes you think that? Like thinking, you know, light and airy. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, well, your face is bloated. Like I can see you're breaking out and your teeth have changed. And I was like, like, wait, wait, what what happened to my teeth? Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) I've had aligners for the last like nine months. Like that's why my teeth have changed. Get out of here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like it just is astounding what they'll say. So it's, (laughs) so in this reel that I just posted that you're talking about, my call to action is like, what's the craziest thing? Somebody Somebody. said to you while you're pregnant, that's just inviting them to be a part of the conversation. Like, I really want to hear like the crazy things people have said to you, because I'm sure there's like content I can find from that, Yeah, but it's inviting them to be a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then it will result in other people wanting to share my account with others. Like you should totally see this girl, Mandy. She's going crazy wild on the pregnancy pregnancy things that people say to you, (laughs) right? So that right there is having a a conversation call to action where you're just inviting people to talk back to you. And that I think gets um, undervalued big time, which I know you and I are so like on the same page with community. Community is really what's going to drive your business forward. People that are just in love with what you do, in love with the person that you are, you as the, the voice, the brand, whatever. That's, that's really going to be the driving force. So inviting people to be a part of the conversation, I'm taking people, and this isn't necessarily as related to my, my social media side of things, but, um, I, I would even say I'm taking people along with me on this, the things that I pick out for the nursery, right? Like I want them to be yeah. a part of that conversation. So even for, um, specifically to the fierce social society, my, my business, I released a a whole bunch of really comfy sweatshirts. Like I'm really into the oversized sweatshirts, obviously like make room for baby, but also I want to be comfy. Yeah. Always. Um, It's called the CEO collection. But even before I called it, I named it the CEO collection. I invited people to recommend the names that it would be for the collection. Right. So you're inviting people to be a part of the conversation so that when you say, okay, called the CEO collection, like people that actually came up with that name. Cause a few people said that name. That's why it's called the CEO collection. Yeah. We're like, Oh my gosh, you picked my name. Like I did. It was such a great name, right? Like it's, 
inviting them. I've, I've said that like five times now, but it really is inviting them to be a part of the conversation in yeah. your stories and in your, in your posts. Oh yeah. And I think so many people say like, Oh, nobody's engaging with me. It's like, but do you tell them you want them to engage right. with them? Do you invite them to, or do they you engage with your mind? Them? Yeah, they don't know. And we, right. know, we need to be told that we want to do things and yeah. people like to have permission to do it as well. So showing other people that you right. like that they're engaging with you in this way is a really great way to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. At the, it's a monkey see monkey do kind of mentality. Um, people have to see that action taken before then they take that action. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, do you remember the, the medical show house? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, me and my husband still watch reruns like all the time. Like we've gone through the whole entire, um, season. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just on repeat. Like we're there's, I think there's like eight or nine maybe. And we're already back to one, but one of the things he said in there, it's very monkey see monkey do, but he said, it's, you have to eat the red berries. You have to demonstrate what you want your audience to do in order for them to do it. So the red berries is um, monkeys have to see other monkeys eat the red berries to know that they're not poisonous, mm-hmm. right. Or to know they're not going to like keel over. So <laughs> it, if you want that engagement, it it's not impossible to get it started. You might have to be the one answering your own questions or kind of coming to the table with, I saw this really great question and I wanted to address it. That question may not have actually ever been asked of you, but they don't, they don't, they don't have to know that. I did see the question somewhere. <laughs> yes, I, in this person's comment section. Somebody else, yeah. Totally, totally. But then answer, even if you put a question box, you can put in your own questions. I did that so much in the beginning. I still do it today. Oh, yeah. Certain, if I like, want to answer a certain question, totally. Yeah, it drives the, the conversation with where I want it to go. And I, I'm trying to get people to start thinking a certain um, not thinking a certain way, but starting to think in that direction, like if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm trying to steer the conversation a very specific way. And the way that I can do that is through specific questions. So I'm asking my own question. I'm answering my own questions, yes. but people don't Now They're going to be like, I wonder if this like, was Mandy's question or yeah. somebody else's. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to totally question. <laughs> but at some point people will catch on like, oh, people are asking questions, which they yes. do. They will eventually start asking questions because they're not as afraid of it. They're seeing the red berries, right? Like it's monkey see monkey do. Yeah. I always say the hardest comment and the hardest engagement to get is the first one. It's like the first one there. Once you can get one, you can get two. Once you can get two, you can get four and it keeps multiplying. And that's why, and I like to say, and it sounds a little, like it sounds a little manipulative, but you can, you have to train your audience to engage with you the way that you want them to train with you. It's true. Somebody said that about testimonials too. If you expect Mm -hmm. people to send you testimonials, you show. have to then show that people are sending them in and that you're showcasing them, right? Yes, yes. Nobody, ev- not nobody, everybody wants to feel like that Very little good. sense of special, uh-huh. like, yeah, like that's exclusive or like, oh my gosh, I didn't know Madison put that on her, right? Yes, they yes. want to feel that. So they need to first see you do that in order for you to yeah. get even yeah, like I screenshot a lot of my clients DMS and things like that. And once yeah. I put them out there, people will literally send me messages and be like, I want you to post this on your story because it makes me so happy. And then like, yeah. send me a testimonial. They're like, here you go. I want you to put it out there because yeah. people do, they want to be a part of it. They, they see that it's again, it's giving them permission to engage with you in that sense. Totally. Thousand percent. A huge engagement, a huge engagement thing to talk about. Right. One more comment. One more thing that I want to talk to you about, because yeah. I thought it was interesting. And then we can kind of 
wrap things up. We have a lot of strategy packed in here is your personal branding, because I think it's very interesting that on your own personal Instagram, you're very personal and you have a very strong personal brand. And then you directed everybody over to your, to your business profile as well. So talk about like, let's chat a little bit about that. Like, why do you think having the personal as well as the professional side is so important? Okay. This is going to sound really funny because I actually don't think it's that important. (laughs) It's just, it was an opportunity for me that presented itself that made the most sense for me I'm going. So the, it was never on my radar to create a second account for my business Mm -hmm. because I am my business. Like there really isn't a a whole lot differentiating between the two. Mm -hmm. I'm still the face of the brand on the fierce social society account, just as much as the Mandy Emerson. But I did, um, as I was kind of going through that pivot in that process, um, I found myself with the opportunity with the FSS account Mm -hmm. to then now make that the sole place for social media strategy, Mm -hmm. uh, and then open myself up to more, um, I say influencer, but more lifestyle partnership, the, the entrepreneur, because there's something, something I'm really passionate about is entrepreneurship and you actually put it really perfectly well is your messaging really matters as far as a business owner talking to another business owner, they find that they're attracting other people within their, their industry instead of the customer. So I wanted to, I wanted to take advantage of that opportunity that I could speak to other entrepreneurs. And now I'm really even stepping into the CEO motherhood space, Mm -hmm. which I'm just, I'm like busting at the seams, putting things together for it. Figuratively and literally. Literally, (laughs) figuratively, like nothing fits me anymore. It's fine. I just like live in my paternity leggings and it's amazing. And I probably will live in them well after this baby comes. Might as well. Yeah. Right. They're so comfy. They're like buttery. Oh my gosh. They're amazing from Amazon. Um, so it was really an opportunity that I chose to take. If you have no interest in having multiple business ventures, like don't separate (laughs) coming up with content for two accounts. It's a lot of work, right? So I, I want to peel back that curtain and that it's not necessarily something I always recommend if it's not a good fit for you. Yeah. It was a good fit for me because I'm, I am pretty capable of creating multiple pieces of content. It's still difficult. It's not impossible. Um, but the, like, I don't have different branding for either side. Like it's still the same coloring. It's still the same fonts. Um, I use cover photos on the FSS, like, you know, the business account. I, I don't on my personal, I'm a little bit more free flowing and silly and goofy on the Mandy Emerson, my personal account and everything on the FSS is very specific. Yeah. Everything I've been speaking to like very niched, um, very, uh, clear on the person that I'm talking to. Right. So it has to be the right fit. It's actually not something I would always recommend, but if you are in that space where you're like my business is like solid, it's good, it's growing, and I want to be able to step into the person. Maybe I just wanted to open up the opportunities for speaking events and maybe even writing a book someday or you know a completely different venture with the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship. I just wanted to have that and it really is starting to go in that direction. So that's my reasoning. It's not something I'd recommend to everybody. Yeah. But it is totally doable. Yeah. And do you think that it's important to have a personal element to your business, like having a face of your business? Um, 
and one thing that I think is really good that you have it separate is it allows you to pivot. Like, like you said, you could start, yes. you could start your whole clothing line on your CEO collect collection. Right. Yeah. Yes, and CEO you collection. Your, own, your CEO collection could have its own social media and you could still direct people from your personal oh, there. Right. And then you have the FSS and you have all of that. It allows you to pivot. But if people just have like, they are making their items or they are a service, especially services, I feel like it's necessary, but with a product, do you think it's necessary to have a face to the business? Me personally, I would love to see faces to the brand because we don't necessarily buy products. We buy the, yeah, the transformation it's going to provide for us. And when there's a person behind that, it just makes it more human. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think it's impossible to sell without the, the person behind it, but everybody loves to see the face behind the brand. Everybody, there's not a single person that would be like, nah, I don't need to see your face. We're in such a, we're in such a different time of buying and marketing that people do want to know where their money is going. Like we've, we've kind of always been like that, but even more so now, I think after this um, post pandemic, if you will, people are just more particular and their trust is like the highest value card that they have Mm -hmm. and where they put their money matters. So I don't think it's impossible, but I definitely think it's to your benefit to be the face of your brand. You don't have to be the one thing I do want to say, you don't have to be super extroverted or silly or goofy. You just need to be yourself because there are plenty introverted, more reserved, a little bit more quiet people as they are loud people. So I just encourage that just be yourself. Don't be anybody else, but yourself. I know people hate to hear that because it's so cliche, (laughs) but it's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. You can see inauthenticity like from a mile away. And I think that got more so after like post pandemic too. We are so perceptive people are like quick really? stiff arm to anybody that seems like they're faking what they're doing <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like so absolutely not no 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 I see right through you thank you <laughs> oh my gosh it's so true yes. yep. oh Mandy this was so good we've had packed so much into here what is your last legacy thing that you want to share last tip strategy whatever that might be and then where can people find you Yes. Okay. The last thing that I want to leave people with is I kind of said it a little bit earlier is the, have the mentality to step up, if not step out. And the reason I say that is because Instagram, social media is always going to be changing. And we, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, like we don't have time to complain about the new update or the glitch or the, this, that, and the third, I would much rather you look at the next update and be like, how can I use that for my business? Mm -hmm. Look at that as what's that going to do for me? How can I use this to my benefit instead of like, oh my God, real (laughs) views are low. And like, who's got time for that? Nobody, nobody does. So that, that is my little tough love moment of just like step up. You're so more than capable. If not step out. So much you can get in your own head and your own. Yes. Yes, You can, we can just so easily and entrepreneurship is sometimes a lonely journey. So definitely go get invested in some kind of community where you can go back and forth with, with people in your space, because you definitely want to surround yourself with people that are doing what you're doing or that are trying to get to where you're going versus people that just don't get it. Let's totally. 
Yeah, we don't want that. No. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I do have a freebie that I think would be beneficial to, to anyone who's struggling with reels. It's 25 real ideas for your business um, that you can find at the fearsocialsociety.com slash podcast. Um, freebies, other offers are in there. And also come hang out with me on social media, Instagram specifically, the Fear Social Society. And then if you want to laugh with all of my pregnancy controversial things, you can <laughs> hang out with me over on the Mandy Emerson. Yes. And I'll put all of her links in the show notes. So you guys can go down there and check it out. And she has a podcast as well. So go yes. to her podcast as well. Um, and we'll have an episode over there coming out as well. That's right. I thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Yes. You're welcome, Mandy. This has been so good. Oh my goodness. How much fun was that? I am so glad that you got to be a part of that conversation with us chatting all things, Instagram growth and strategies and community. We had no idea how aligned our strategies were until we sat down and we did not want to stop talking. So make sure that you go check out Mandy Emerson's Instagram, the Fierce Social Society's Instagram, as well as the Fierce Social Society podcast. If you are new here and you do not yet follow me, you can come hang out with me at This Is Madison Page. We are so happy that you are here. Make sure that you give us a follow. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. We're conversational. We're having fun. We're no fluff. We're sharing actual business growth advice, and we are so happy that you are here. I hope you have the most wonderful day. As always, if you have any questions, come on over and hang out with us on Instagram or our community Facebook page, which is in the show notes as well.